This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here. Carter has joined me as well. And thank you for being here for this ACC championship game preview. It's about dang time there was a game that actually mattered in the season, isn't it, Carter? That's right. Championship week. That's what we're all about. It's time It's time to see Trevor Lawrence run the ball inexplicably uh, during this time <laughs> when he doesn't do it in the regular season. Thank goodness, by the way. Uh, but yeah, it's time for Trevor Lawrence to transform into a running back as well as a beast throwing the ball as well. Let's hope so, at least. Ohio State would know everything about that. And speaking of <laughs> Ohio State... Let's talk about the the uh, conference championship games this week. Oh yes, are you going to watch any of them besides Clemson, Notre Dame? You know, we were talking about it, and I was going to say no. I'm not really. I don't have much interest in any of the games. But then I saw that Coastal Carolina plays Louisiana, and what a weird year it's been for me to say that. That's the game I'm most looking forward to when it comes to conference championship week. That just shows how weird of a season we've had. <laughs> yeah, even though there's no championship, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Implications yes. in this in that game at all? Because the committee yeah. sucks and they don't know how to run. Well, that's what I'm just hoping for. Playoff. Yeah, I'm just hoping for everyone to lose and Coastal Carolina slides in because they're just the last team remaining. So, what would need to happen for that? You know, for that to happen, Ohio State would need to lose. Well, unfortunately, Correct. Clemson would probably have to lose as well. Yes, unfortunately, Clemson well, would have to lose. Except the thing is that they would the committee would take a two-loss Clemson over Coastal Carolina. Yes, even though I am a Clemson fan, that is rather unfortunate, but I do agree with that. Uh, Alabama would need to lose. And there, there you they? go. No. Okay, Let's make it easy. It's not going to happen, and it won't happen. <laughs> and for, first of all, Cincinnati would probably get in before Coastal Carolina. Oh, that's right. Cincinnati is ranked ahead of them. Yeah. All to say, hey, listen, if you want to hear people ranting about how terrible the committee is, then you should go back to the episode we put out on Monday. And this was before everybody else was ranting, by the way, about the ludicrous rankings that came out on Tuesday. We were here first, okay? We've been talking about this almost all season, and certainly this week. <laughs> we put an episode out on Monday and trashed the way that the committee is running the college football playoff at this point. It's bonkers, it's stupid, and they suck. They're just the worst. <laughs> so let's do better, committee, and uh, you can go listen to that again. That was on Monday. I'm probably going to watch the Alabama-Florida game and the Clemson-Notre Dame game. So that's two. Uh, I'll try to catch some of the Coastal Carolina game. What time is that game, by the way? Do you have that pulled up? I do, yes. Uh, it is at 3.30 on ESPN. Okay. All right. So that's around. That's at the same time Clemson plays, isn't it? Uh, yes, Clemson plays at 4. So yeah. you can catch the, the first quarter. Okay. All right. So maybe I'll, you know, I'll flip back and forth during commercials or whatever. But yeah, it's, uh, it's getting to the fun part of the season, despite the fact that it all feels stupid, rigged, and fake. Uh, but it is championship weekend, uh, ACC championship weekend, I should say, which typically in the past, this game hasn't meant all that much either. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, it hasn't. I think the last time they played somebody worth anything 
Uh, it was against Miami in 2017, and that didn't end very well for Miami either. So this is definitely uh, going to be the most watched and viewed ACC championship game in history, I would say. So that's kind of cool. Look at that. 2020 for the win. Making history even more. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so we mentioned the episode we put out on Monday. Be sure to check that out. And then on Tuesday, I spoke to Lou uh, Samoji. Lou Samoji, that's right. I've talked to so many people this week. I'm trying to remember <laughs> people's names. Lou Samoji of Blue and Gold uh, Illustrated, uh, which is a Rivals affiliate. Uh, he and I broke down uh, Notre Dame, and and uh, he gave us some good insight into what the Irish have been up to since they played Clemson. And he gave us some insight as well into uh, what the heck is going on with Ian Book. He's amazing now. And re I remember going into that first Notre Dame game, we were like, yeah, Ian Book. All right. He's He's fine. He's okay. And now I'm like, oh, Ian Book. Okay. <laughs> I see you. You're a threat. So Lou and I talk about that. And then what was it on Thursday? To, well, Wednesday, excuse me. I'm getting them all confused. Uh, I talked to Hale McGranahan from TheBigSpur.com. And we discuss USC juniors, our friends in Columbia, their hiring of Shane Beamer, what that means for that program and what it means next year when they play Clemson. Is there going to be that big of a difference when we see South Carolina, hopefully, fingers crossed, on the field next year? So go check that out. And then today, we've got a fun episode for you today. Thanks for being here, by the way. Uh, but today I spoke with David Hood, who is a senior writer for TigerNet.com. And he's awesome, by the way. He's He has amazing insight into all things Clemson. And so we had him, first of all, I talked to him about early signing period and how the Tigers did uh, this week, signing their 2020 class, uh, 2021 class, excuse me. And then we also talk about, obviously, the game coming up on Saturday as well. So we'll play that interview interview for you here in a second. And uh, I know you'll find that valuable. And then after that, we will, thankfully, it seems like it's been so long, but we will listen to the Worthless Sound Collection for this week. Uh, Trevor, yes. our producer, has been hard at work putting it together for us and uh, he looks exhausted and bloodshot in the he's, eyes and he's had like what, his brain. two weeks now two weeks to prepare yeah. this one yeah it's been a while and he's telling me that it's an it's an all coaches affair he only included coaches sound uh <laughs> and so of course we're gonna hear Davo sweeney and probably tony elliott and brent venables say silly silly things so you should stick around for that obviously and then my favorite thing, we are going to close this episode out with a little game of Clemson or Clemson out. We're going to answer some of the important questions surrounding Clemson, surrounding college football, surrounding whatever the heck we want it to be. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, we will answer very important questions, of course. So that's what's coming at you today. Be sure to check out the previous episodes from this week as well. And one last thing before we listen to the interview from David Hood, Please know that this episode is brought to you by Dun 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 Fanatics. Okay, so if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you know, you've heard my story. Carter, you know this story, right? How I bought some gear before the Notre Dame game last last uh, in November. Yes, and yes. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost, of course. 
So I bought that gear from somewhere other than Fanatics, by the way. I won't name them because they're a reputable company, but their gear is not as good as Fanatics. It's not lucky. It's cursed. So after that game, I got rid of that stuff and I bought some stuff from Fanatics. And guess what? You'll never guess. Clemson has yet to lose. You're welcome, Tigers. You're welcome, Dabo Sweeney. I bought gear from Fanatics and you haven't lost a game. So I'm encouraging you at Tiger Nation to go to fanatics.com right now and get some of that lucky gear before Saturday. And I've made it really simple for you. They have a bunch of good sales going on right now, but whatever app you're listening to this podcast in or whatever website you're listening to it, you can go to the episode show notes and click the link that says, get a great deal on Clemson gear here. And if you can't click miss that it. link, you can't miss it. If you click that link, it'll take you straight to the Fanatics Clemson uh, gear page where, again, you'll find some great sales and uh, it'll definitely be worth it. Do your part to beat Notre Dame this week. Buy a crap ton of gear from Fanatics and uh, that'll help us as well. And uh, that would be really cool. So (laughs) you can do that while you listen to this interview, actually. So click that link and uh, let's go ahead and listen to my interview with David Hood. All right. I'm excited today to have David Hood, who is the senior writer with TigerNet.com here with us today. David, how's it going? You know what? It's uh, the Thursday before the biggest game of the year, so it's going good. I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing, you know, they didn't cram too much in during this week. Like, I don't know, (laughs) early signing period on top of the ACC championship. I can't imagine you're busy at all this week. No, you know, but it's almost like with everything going on, it seems to me a lot of people have forgotten that there is an ACC championship game this weekend. And you know, that it's two, let's, let's not only say two top five teams, it's number two and number three, it's two top three teams. And it's a rematch. And um, I thought it was interesting, Davo Sweeney's press conference this week, two questions about Notre Dame. It was almost an hour long and only two questions about Notre Dame. It's crazy. So it's like, what are people thinking about right now? I know. I mean, that's sort of, I, that's insane. It also speaks to the fact that Clemson has played in so many big games over the you know recent years that oh this is just another one of those big games so well I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna ask you this but I mean I assume the Tigers are taking this seriously even though you know maybe the fans aren't I assume the Tigers are taking this seriously and uh, ha, you know what's the what's the sense around the program as they head into Saturday that's that's the great thing about people make fun of Dabo Sweeney I think people in the national media do and you know, oh, he's just a cliche, and oh, he's this. But, you know, he really gets the coaches and the players to buy into that windshield mentality. Everything's still out in front of us. And if you're one of the players, man, you're you're excited about this game this weekend. If you're a coach, you're excited about the game this weekend because it's next. And, you know, you have to remember that every team is different. That 2018 team, well, that was Christian Wilkins and Cleland Farrell. That was their team. Last year was a different group of guys. That was their team. This year, it's, it's Travis and, and Trevor and it's Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell. This is a different group yeah, of leaders, Jamie Skalski. So this is their team, and now they're wanting to make their mark. So, uh, you know, for everybody that's like, oh, this is just another in a series of big games. Well, guess what? These kids didn't play in that 2016 game against Alabama. They didn't play in that. Uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, you know, against LSU back in 2013. They yeah, know, you know, this is them. So um, this is when that windshield mentality really helps. 
Absolutely. I'm sure they'll come out ready. They always do. And I'm looking forward to that. Well, before we get too deep into that game, I do want to talk to you first about the early signing period and uh, the Tigers' performance there. So uh, this is they look set to sign their second consecutive top five class, which is great. So help us break this class down a little bit. Who's going to be who are going to be the real difference makers in this class? And let's talk about next year. Who do you think is going to be able to contribute right away next year? You know, it's funny, man. They, they, you look at this class and you go, you know, well, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it's going to be a Barrett Carter or an Andrew McCuba or a Zaire Patterson or somebody like that or a Peyton Page. But we were discussing internally last night on TigerNet, my boss and, and some of our writers, you know, maybe these quarterbacks come in and make an impression early because you don't know if Tyson Chandler or Tyson Fumichon is going to stay around. And yeah, so no. then you've got Trevor leaving, and then all of a sudden it's going to be DJ Uyangalale, you know, maybe Will Taylor, maybe Bubba Chandler. Maybe that's his backup. So maybe those guys make a splash early. I don't think people have really thought about that. Uh, you know, but when you talk about playmakers, man, I can't wait to see Barrett Carter get on the field. Question is, is he going to be able to get on the field? I was talking on a radio show yesterday yeah. about the fact that Clemson is so stacked at linebacker. I don't know that Jamie Skalski's coming back, but he has the opportunity to. Mike Jones is going to be back. Trenton yeah, Simpson is going to be it. back. Jake Venables is going to be back. Keith McGuire is going to be back. Kane Patterson, Levante Bentley. It, it, we didn't see Sergio Allen this year. Dude's a baller. We didn't see Kevin Swint this year. He's a baller. And you go, okay, that's a lot of linebackers. That's a lot of really good linebackers. And so Barrett Carter, I think he can be a difference maker. The question is, will he get on the field next year? I really love Peyton Page, the defensive tackle out of Dudley up in Greensboro. Uh, it's a high school of Jeff Davis. And, you know, this is a good kid. He's, he's you know, he'll get on the phone with me. Uh, and my two-year-old was acting up. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my kid's acting up too. And I'm like, Peyton, you're in high school. You have a kid. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my kid's two years old. And he's doing this. And then he just busts out laughing. And he's like, nah, man, I don't have a kid. Personality plus <laughs> – <laughs> you know, just personality person at the seams, but he's built like a grown man and he is a grown man. So, uh, you know, we, we know what's been going on with, uh, you know, with Clemson and the offensive line this year, the babies are growing, going to grow up, but, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're taking a look at Marcus Tate, you know, six, 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 I think legit last time I saw him 320, 25 pounds, Dietrich Pennington, the big kid out of Cordova, Tennessee, He's another one that's probably pushing 6'5", 330. Ryan Linthicum, uh, former teammate of Brian Brissett up at Damascus in Maryland. He's a true center, so you don't have to teach somebody to play center. You know, I think Cade Stewart's probably moving on, so Ryan Linthicum might actually have a shot to come in and play early. So there's just a bunch that you take a look. And, and uh, don't forget about Dakari Collins and Bo Collins. Bo Collins, former teammate of uh, DJ Uyangalale out of that Bosco program. Out in uh, California, he has that, you know, mojo already going on with DJ. And Clemson's going to have a loaded wide receiver room next year because now, by the way, you're adding Troy Salato and the Kari Collins to it. So, you know, there's a lot of these kids that I think have a chance to, to play early. Now, who am I most excited about? Tell you what, Clemson's losing Travis Etienne. I don't think he's going to come back for 17th or 18th season or whatever. It seems like it would be <laughs> under the Hunter Renfro plan. Phil Moffa, man, the kid out of grace and the running back. He's exciting. And, you know, people say, what is it about Moffa? What do you see out of him? You know, I went out and I kind of watched him in camp and 
uh, you know, uh, we're sitting in there, we're watching him run drills with Will Shipley. And I'm watching Dabo Sweeney and Dabo just kind of turns and looks at me and raises his eyebrows like, okay. And, you know, <laughs> when you think of some of those big Alabama running backs that they've had throughout the years, some of those guys that will not only run you over, but outrun you. That's what I think of when I see Phil Massa. He looks like one of those big Alabama running backs. Man, oh man, you're getting me excited for next season. And uh, there's still so much in this season left. So I, I'm glad to hear that Clemson seems to be set for the next few years, especially when you start stacking top top five classes on top of each other. You're really talking about a dynasty there. And we've already got a couple of natties under the belt. So that's a good sign. Hey, so, uh, I, I mean, probably the biggest issue left on the recruiting board is Corey Foreman. Um we, we actually spoke to Big Dave last week, and, and he mentioned that he thinks it's Corey's plan to sign with Clemson. Uh, so do you believe Big Dave there, or do you have any more insight as far as what Corey's plans are? You know, I, I think if somebody had to, to kind of pin me down, I would say he signs with Southern Cal. Okay. Um, I think Southern Cal is probably the leader in that. It's just because, you know, if it's a non-COVID year, I think Corey signs with Clemson, and I don't think it's close. Uh, but his dad's really wanting him to stay at home. His dad's a big voice in that conversation. Uh, you know, I think the cross country travel plays a little bit of a part in it. Mom is okay with him coming to Clemson. I think Corey really wants to come to Clemson, but there are those, including his dad who are like, no, you know, we can come watch you play and we can drive 30 minutes across town to do it rather than every weekend making a four hour flight there and back and paying off that money. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal for a lot of families. And um, so I've texted the coach. I even texted big Dave yesterday, you know, and he's like, well, I'm doing all I can uh, on it. But in talking to his coach, I just kind of get the feeling that Southern Cal is on it. And then trying to get a gauge within the Clemson program, uh, you know, heard from someone last night who said, you know, we we kind of feel like it's it's going to be USC unless he stands up for himself. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm also glad that we have Big Dave on the case too. He seems like maybe one of the top recruiters we have on staff here as well. So I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Well, let's transition now to the uh, the big thing, the most you know the thing, the biggest thing coming up so far this week, and that's the ACC championship. Uh, I guess I do want to start though first with the fact that uh, Notre Dame's defensive coordinator Clark Lee has decided to take the Vanderbilt mm -hmm. job. I'm not sure uh, that's really going to affect this game. You know, if it's a distraction, you know, that that can be a discussion. But that always brings up the idea that, hey, listen, Tony Elliott, Brent Venables, always in the discussion for uh, a lot of these coach or these uh, job openings. Do you get a sure. sense that this year they're going to be, I mean, that they're this is going to be their chance or are they, do you think, going to be sticking around for another year? Yeah, when the Auburn job came open, I wondered about that. I didn't know if Auburn would go with somebody that hadn't been a head coach before. Uh, and then you start looking at, well, if Auburn goes with somebody like a Hugh Freeze, then a Liberty becomes open. Maybe that's something for a Tony Elliott. Uh, I wondered if Texas would come open. I wondered if Virginia Tech would come open. Because then you're, you know, you wonder if Michigan's going to come open and does that open up a domino effect? So there's a lot of factors in, in all of that. So if Harbaugh leaves Michigan, you know, does Luke Fickle all of a sudden go up, uh, you know, to Michigan and then is Cincinnati open? But we're not seeing these jobs really open yet. Uh, Justin Fuente is going to stay at Virginia Tech. I think this is going to be another year that unless something really silly happens that uh, Clemson's going to have their coordinators around. That's what I like to hear. 
And uh, that, I mean, that's been a huge ingredient, I think, of Clemson and Dabo's success is keeping his staff intact. And let's hope we can right. at least have it for another season. So, hey, you've been covering the Tigers for a long time. How amazing is it that Clemson will be playing in their sixth consecutive ACC championship? Like, isn't that just sort of mind blowing in a sense? Yeah, so I can I can tell you a great story. When Clemson played in their first one against Georgia Tech down in Tampa, which seems like it was eons ago to me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I went down and, and uh, was going to cover the game and uh, it didn't seem like it was quite the spectacle then that it is now. But I remember, you know, going in to get my credential and they gave me this nice ACC laptop bag. It was an over the shoulder bag. And I was like, oh, you mean I get a gift for covering the game? <laughs> wow. You know, this is crazy. I want to come back to one of these. And then we get into the press box and instead of hot dogs and hamburgers, it was it was prime rib and it was, you know, oh, a man. chocolate fountain. And, you know, and I'm going, oh, man. I was so starry eyed and wide eyed. <laughs> I'm going, man, this is like the greatest thing ever. I can't wait to get back. And then it was a few years before Clemson got back, 2011, in fact, uh, that game against Virginia Tech. And and I remember telling somebody, you know, man, if I can just get to one of these maybe once every two or three years, I'll be happy. And now you're talking about six in a row, and it's almost like it's old hat, and everybody just expects it. Um, it never gets old to me, though. I mean, I always walk out onto that field there at Bank of America Stadium, and I'm always wide-eyed and, and thankful just to have the opportunity to cover a game like that. Yeah, good. So you'll be able to go this year. I know it's been tough with like away games and, and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, they're only allowing a few thousand people in the stadium. Some media is going to be allowed. Uh, some of us may actually be sitting in st- seats in the stands. Oh, wow. Just so that we can socially distance. I don't know where I'll be, but uh, but yeah, just another chance to, to add another game to the mix. Yeah, good. Well, that'll be fun. Okay, so Notre Dame dominated in the trenches in the first game, um, you know, when they played in November. How do you think Clemson's going to try to put it? I'm sorry, say that again. No, so that's a good way to put it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we talked to a Notre Dame writer, and he, he called uh, Clemson's offensive line short and stumpy. And so, uh, you know, when they played Notre Dame, that's how they looked next to the Notre Dame defensive line. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Clemson's offensive line since that game. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame's offensive line did a good job and they had a lot of push as well. And they, they racked up a, a lot of rushing yards as well. So how is Clemson really going to try to reverse that trend and, and change the game, both uh, trying to stop the run and also conversely uh, get Travis Etienne more than 28 rushing yards in this game? Well, so you have to remember that first game, it was uh, it was DJ and there was really no RPO game because DJ couldn't run the football. He suffered a bad shoulder bruise against Miami, and the plan was let's not run him. So it was really just designed runs and designed pass plays. Notre Dame says we're going to make the kid beat us with his arm, and that's what Clemson tried to do. Now with Trevor in, Trevor's healthy, DJ's healthy, that RPO game is back. And I think that's going to open up the running game some. And as bad as the the offensive line played at times against Notre Dame, and it was bad, uh, you know, there were also missed blocks out on the edge. By the tight ends, there were missed blocks by ETN in the backfield. There were missed blocks out on the edge by wide receivers. Nobody played really well in the run game then. Uh, I think Travis ETN got hurt toward the end of that game. There was no healthy Lynn J. Dixon at that point. So Clemson was limited on more than one front in, in, that, in that game. 
So I think that's going to change now. Is Clemson going to run for 200 yards this time? No, probably not. Notre Dame is still going to be able to stop a lot of the run game. But the threat of Trevor Lawrence running the football and pulling it and, you know, all of a sudden Notre Dame having to respect that, that's going to change things a little bit. And getting some of these wide receivers healthy, I think that Frank Ladson's going to be back for this game. Joseph Ngata probably will not be. But I think Clemson's going to be fairly healthy at wide receiver. They're going to be healthy at tight end, going to be healthy at that running back spot, going to be healthy at quarterback, going to be healthy on the offensive line. I think that's going to make a little bit of a difference. And again, you know, you don't have to go out and run for 200, but if you can run for 115 as a team, that's a pretty good recipe for success. We'll take it. We haven't seen a lot of success this year on the ground, uh, or I would say consistently. So I I would love to see that on Saturday. Uh, You mentioned Frank Latson. So he, you know, the plan is for him to be back. At what point would you say that it's time for Clemson I mean, I mean, we're near the end of the season, so maybe it's already at that point where you just say, all right, Amari Rogers, Cornell Powell, these are our guys. And, uh, you know, if we can mix Frank Latson in, we'll do it. But these are our guys because eventually, I, I mean, I, I just feel like I don't know if there's enough chemistry at this point between Latson and Lawrence because they've sort of been on and off the field. Do, right. do you feel that way? Do the coaches feel that way? Or are we just sticking with Rogers and uh, Cornell Powell? And EJ Williams. I think EJ's really started to come on. Don't forget about that kid. He's uh yeah, he's gonna be amazing. He really is. And it's been kind of a weird year for him. And he has a a really nice rapport with with DJ. They've spent a lot of time together. But yeah, you know, this is gonna be I, I would love to see the tight ends use more in this game. They were having to to block last time against Notre Dame, so use the tight end down the field, use the middle of the field. Uh, to get them involved. But yeah, this is going to be on Cornell. This is going to be on Amari. Uh, those guys are going to have to play well. And, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean one has 10 catches and one has seven? Yeah, probably. You know, that's what you're looking at. Uh, the outside game, uh, Amari's going to threat kind of in the middle of the field. Cornell's going to be the deep threat. Can you use the tight ends, mix them in, and then maybe use a healthy Travis Etienne more on some of those wheel routes and, you know, coming out of the backfield, those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they use them for sure. Okay. One more quick question about the game. And that's that um, Ian Book has really seemed to take off after they beat Clemson. He's sort of reached a new level when it comes to his play. So um, how do you expect the Clemson defense to, uh, you know, I, I feel like Notre Dame may have something different up their sleeve. Maybe they throw the ball more, you know, I, who knows? I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any reason to believe that other than the fact that Ian book is just playing better. Uh, and so, uh, you know, how do you expect the Tigers to try to combat that? And the same thing with his, uh, scrambling as well, where he had a lot of success against the Tigers the last time they played, how, how do you expect the Tigers to approach Ian book in this game? So Ian book's not going to see anything familiar when he sees that Clemson defense this time. All right. You know, we've seen more of the rabbit package in recent weeks where you're lining up Miles Murphy in the middle. He's almost playing like a zero technique or a three technique in the middle. You've got two other defensive ends. Uh, I've seen a little bit of that fire zone where one defensive end rushes and one drops back. They've tipped their hand a little bit in in a few of these games. But, you know, I think Brent Venables is going to come out with some amazing stuff. Tyler Davis being back, that's just going to help in the middle. He wasn't there for the Notre Dame game. Skalski wasn't able to play in the Notre Dame game. Mike Jones wasn't able to play. Trenton Simpson played great at times at that Sam spot, but he took some terrible angles on book a few times uh, that led to big gains. 
maybe let somebody leak out of the backfield once that he didn't get him. And it turned into a big game. You know, so all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, that's two or three different third downs where if you could get a stop and there's not a score, the game takes on a little bit different tone. So having all of those guys back and then, you know, there was one point there and I've written this before uh, in the fourth quarter where there were seven starters out on defense and three more guys on the two deep that were out. The second Crazy. was decimated. The safeties were decimated. The defensive line, poor Brian Brissett was in there by himself, getting double and triple teamed every play. It's not going to be the same defense. And I think Ian Book's going to – it's going to take him a while because I think he's going to see some things he hadn't seen before. Good, good. I like that. All right, well, that's that's some good insight in this game. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. And as you said, let's not take it for granted, even though it's you know six consecutive times now. Let's uh, it's it's <laughs> going to be fun. And Notre Dame's a good team as well. So, just a couple of quick uh, questions here to, to finish you up. Sure. Uh, Justin Ross, you know, he had uh, his his checkup, and um, I've heard a, a couple of things that Dabo said. But what's what's the latest on Justin Ross and his condition? You know. Uh, from everything that we've heard and Justin is really wanting to keep this private as someone in the program texted me last week and said, Justin doesn't understand that he's a star and that everybody wants to know how it went. You know, I think the results are finally back and uh, I don't know what the, the final results are. If he's able to play, I think his first look is going to be to the NFL. I think if he's told that he can play, he's going to ask the coaches to look into it for him and, and maybe look to move on. So it's a, to me, it's a very real possibility that we've seen Justin Ross play his last game as a Clemson Tiger. Now, if the NFL comes back and tells the coaches, no, we want him to prove he's healthy. Nobody's going to take a chance on him. Nobody's going to draft him. Well, then we're going to see him in the spring. He's still going to run on air. Uh, he's going to wear a yellow jersey all spring. He's not going to be hit. He's not going to be tackled. And then we'll see what happens in the fall. So, you know, I've only heard good things so far. I think that that is positive. Now I think it's all going to come down to what the NFL tells him. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't blame him for leaving after an injury like that. Might as well go make some money. And, uh, he, you know, he's won, he's won a national championship. So, I mean, we'd love to have him back. Right. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> we'd like for the best, you know, the best for him as well. So, sure. okay, one more quick question. And that's that uh, Jim Phillips was just hired as the new ACC commissioner. Sure. Um, what's the feeling around Clemson about what he's going to do with the ACC? And uh, I don't know a ton about him, to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. So, so what's your impression of Jim Phillips? Well, first of all, I think a lot of people around Clemson are happy that uh, uh, James Clements didn't take the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not real sure how big of a candidate he was. And, uh, you know, sometimes all, uh, athletics and academics don't always line up on, you know, what is best for a university. But one thing President Clements has done is he has supported athletics. And I was telling a Florida State fan yesterday or day before yesterday, they were saying, what needs to happen for Florida State to become Florida State again? And I said, well, you've got to have some synchronicity between your board of trustees and your president and your athletic director. And that's what Clemson has right now. And they're happy to kind of keep that going with Dan Radakovich, Davos Tweeney, the bot, and James Clemens. So that's the Clemson side of it. Now, for this guy, man, he has overseen what it's like to build a program with high academic standards. And that's one of the things that makes the ACC great is you have some of these great academic institutions. So being able to marry the two. And then as we continue to go forward, I think he's going to be good. He's, he's been at the forefront, uh, you know, of a lot of negotiations. You're going to have ESPN negotiations going on. The ACC network is going 
uh, full forward. And I think it's it's nice to have a guy who doesn't have a relationship with any other ACC school. He wasn't the former, you know, athletic director at North Carolina, or he wasn't the former president at Clemson, or, you know, he wasn't an AD at Virginia. It's coming from Northwestern, doesn't have that relationship. So he's going to have, you know, hopefully the, the best for all of the schools involved. I think it's a good hire, but, you know, of course, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's some good insight. All right, tell us a little bit about TigerNet and what you do there before we get you out of here. Well, I, you know, I just basically eat in a lot of press boxes. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like the perfect gig. <laughs> my first full-time day for TigerNet was Dabo Sweeney's first full-time day uh, when he took the interim job uh, October the 13th. Uh, TigerNet said, would you like to come on board and leave the Greenville News and start writing for us? And I said, sure. And so I got to cover that and I've uh, been covering it full time. And since then, you know, covered every major bowl game, all the national championships, uh, uh, gosh, all the ACC championships, uh, been to the College World Series, been in NCAA tournaments, and I can't believe they pay me to do it. <laughs> well, you're, you're a lucky guy and we appreciate your insight as well. So for all our listeners, you can check him out. David Hood at TigerNet.com. Be sure to follow him on Twitter as well, at MDavidHood as well. David, really appreciate, really appreciate the time, excuse me, and uh, eat well for sure. us, okay? I wish we could be there ourselves, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you can help us out in that area, okay? You got it. All right. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Really appreciate David Hood coming on with us. Be sure to follow him on Twitter. Find his work on TigerNet.com. All right. Let's go ahead and listen now to what we're calling our Mike Norvell Worthless Sound Collection. Trevor, hit it. You know, Christmas is next Friday, but really kind of came early for us. You know, anybody that we offer early in that 22 class, uh, we, we, we know that we know that we know that we know. 2020, whatever we're dealing with, it's either going to shine you up or it's going to grind you up. It, it's all about what you're made of. What we got is what we got. Want to get revenge or whatever, uh, you know, that doesn't fit the gaps properly. Uh, that, that doesn't catch the ball. That don't make the competitive play. It's a little different than my normal working man Wednesday. Certainly, I'm you know I'm well compensated. Hey, I got the big got the big dog in here today. But I'll never forget my first class, February of '09, uh, the Dandy Dozen, and I'll never forget this class ever. Uh, the the pandemic posse is what I've called them. But man, he he's the heart and soul. He makes them go. You know, you turn a lamp on at night. You know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't light up the house. Just gives you just enough light so you don't stomp your toe going to the toilet, right? Guys get better the more you play. You better have some thick skin, especially in the in the the you know. I mean, we live in a world with a bunch of you know foam gangsters. Twin the twin Colin Towers there with Trevor. You know, Trevor kind of walks out there with three plates, and he's okay with that. You know, kind of like our, our 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 turkey our turkey our Thanksgiving Day meals. You know, he, he's he's okay. Coach V was feeling a little uh, 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 charitable this year. He, he, he let the offense have a few more uh, scallies. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I only have one question. Douche or no douche? Guy who refers to scholarships as scallies. <laughs> I love Davo, but that that's such a douche move. I mean, who says scallies? <laughs> to tell you the truth, I've been around college football a very long time now. And I've never heard that before. Who says scallies? 
Raise your hand right now. Okay, out there, whoever's listening to this, if you say Scully's referring to scholarships, I want you to stop listening to this podcast. We don't want you, okay? (laughs) Get out of here. That includes you, Dabo. I know you're listening. Oh my gosh, that was that was painful. The rest of it was funny and painful. Thank you, Trevor, for putting that together. You know, I have some sad news to report, and that's that Trevor, our producer, is only going to be here for a few more weeks. He uh, he's going to be graduating from Clemson, and he's going to be moving on to bigger and better things. To a, I think he said the National Podcast League is what he called it. So I don't know what that means, but he's got a job offer there. And apparently he's like the most sought after podcast producing uh, prospect. So Trevor, we're going to miss you, bud. And uh, we're going to have to find somebody to put this together for us from here on out. I don't know. Honestly, I think it's good news for all of us, but you didn't hear that from me. (laughs) Yeah. Trevor's kind of worthless. He's a bust. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Enough making fun of Trevor, our producer, of course. All right. Let's finish this episode out with Clemps in or Clemps out. Time for Briley and Carter to answer the important questions surrounding the Clemson Tigers in a little game we like to call Clems In or Clems Out. All right, let's start our game of Clems In or Clems Out. One of our producers, Becky, is here. She comes up with these questions for us. So, Becky, what do you have for us this week? In or out, will Shane Beamer be out as USC Junior's head coach in four years? This is what I like to hear. That's the way to start off Clemson or Clemson out. An easy pop-up to, uh, I guess that would be a, a little pitch, just right down the middle of the plate for us to smash USC Junior over the head. Um, of course, I'm Clemson out. Uh, Shane Beamer will not be at USC Junior in four years because after three years, they're going to have to fire the guy and pay him a hefty buyout like they did Will Muschamp because, let's be honest, they're the worst. They're bad. They're not good, and they won't be good ever again. And Shane Beamer won't help that. Steve Spurrier coming back wouldn't help that. Freaking Nick Saban wouldn't (laughs) succeed at USC. Okay? You heard it here freaking Nick Saban. Dabo Sweeney would though, but he would never, ever, ever do that. I'm mostly kidding, but I'm going to be Clemps out. I don't think Shane Beamer will be at the University of South Carolina in four years. Yeah, I think I think you took it a little far there, but I'm, <laughs> I'm somewhat along the lines of you. I just... I, you, you know your program's bad when people are talking about if your coach is going to be there in a couple of years. Like as soon as he's hired, in the first thing out of like people's mouth, they're like, "How long is this guy going to be here?" <laughs> well, like in all fairness, <laughs> I think we might be the only ones asking the question. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think everyone's thinking it. We're just we just say it. So right. I think I'm going to be Clemps out. I don't think he's going to be there very long. But really, the only thing I have to say about this, like Beamer, that's a pretty dope name. Like that's a pretty cool name to have. Like just yeah. walking around like, yo, Beamer, what's up? Like, that's all I got for you, man. But I don't think yeah. he's going to be there. Some clumps out as well. <laughs> douche or no douche. Guy who walks around and points to the South Carolina coach like, hey, Beamer, my man. <laughs> I douche. knew that was, good. that was a good one. I'm going to have to definitely douche, but I'll take it. Totally yes. worth it. Okay, so uh, another shameless plug here by us. Again, go listen to that uh, Hale McGranahan episode we did earlier this week because we he talks about expectations from the fan base. 
And uh, I asked him, how long does Shane Beamer have to get this right before he's on the hot seat? And uh, I won't tell you his answer. I'm going to make you go listen to that episode. How about that? All right, Becky, what's the next question you have for us? Next question. In or out, are we taking this Notre Dame game too lightly? Now that is a good football question right there. Man, I really want to come into this question as hot as I was for the last question, but I probably shouldn't because as much as I want to be clumps out that we're taking this too lightly, I actually think that I'm taking this too lightly and everyone covering Clemson football and all the betters and all the experts out there are taking this a little too lightly. I hate to break it to you because uh, during Davo Sweeney's press conference discussing early signing day period, and again, granted, that was a press conference specifically to talk about that, but a half hour press conference and only two questions about the Notre Dame game, only two. And they were right at the end and they were kind of like tack on questions. And so I don't get the sense that, and this is just outside the program. I don't know what it's like inside the program, how the players feel. I just get the sense around the fan base. And this is my own sense that it's like, we're taking this game for granted. Like we're going to crush Notre Dame. We're going to make it to the playoff. And then it's on to Alabama or Ohio State or whoever we end up playing. But listen, Notre Dame is a pretty good team, okay? They beat us the first time around, and as much as you want to talk about, as much as you can talk about the injuries, and Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, and Tyler Davis, and James Skowski, and the turnovers, and all these different things, Clemson didn't play their best game, but they were manhandled on the offensive line of the ball. There were no injuries on the offensive side, on the offensive line to begin that game. And yet they only rushed for like 38 yards and and Travis Etienne only had 28 yards rushing. That's not going to change. So if Clemson comes out and they're kind of, you know, they're the ball slippery, they fumbled a few times, they turned the ball over several times and they can't run the ball. I think Notre Dame is better than they were when we played them in November as well. Ian Book's playing better. They just have a confidence about them. Their defense is still great. Clemson could very easily lose this game if they take things too lightly. So I'm Clemson that we're taking this Notre Dame game too lightly. How about you? That's interesting because actually I'm Clemson out for the exact reasons that you mentioned for your reasons, just the opposite side. Oh, okay. Well, I think flip the table on me here. So I've heard so much that like Notre Dame played amazing when they played beat Clemson, which they did play great. But I'm of the sense of like we didn't have the best player in the country play for us in Trevor Lawrence. A quarter of our defense was out, and yet we still only lost by seven points on the road in overtime. I think Trevor Lawrence is such a big key, obviously, but like our defense was just demolished basically at that point of the season still kind of are depending on which game we play (laughs) uh but i i've heard so many people talking about how it was notre dame notre dame won that game notre dame like yes they played great but honestly i think if we would have had all, all of our players there we would have won so i mean having the best player in the country with trevor lawrence Yes, Ian Book is great, but this is as far as Ian Book's going. He's not going to have a career in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence will. I believe in this guy. I want Trevor Lawrence to come out and show everyone who he is. And no more of this bull crap about, is he he the best quarterback and win the Heisman? Just come on. I want, prove me right, Trevor. Come on. Prove (laughs) me right. Let's take a Notre Dame. Let's show him. to the begging portion of this monologue here. 
Well, I feel like every <laughs> every episode we've done after every single game, it's just like we're we've been asking for more, and it's coming to the end. Like this is it. Like our relationship's done in a couple of weeks, man. Like you're on in the NFL, and we're staying here. You're leaving us. Yes, so I want his best football it. to be played for Clemson, not for the New York Jets. Yes. So let, let's hope he comes out. But no, you're right. I mean, I think it is kind of a weird narrative that was surrounding that November 7th game. And to one degree, if you even bring up the idea nationally, like within the Clemson family here, everyone everyone says this and it's, it's accepted. But if you say it like outside of Clemson, then people are thinking that you're demeaning Notre Dame when you say, hey, Clemson was missing like half their team. Does that account for anything also they played on the road and all that with a uh with a quarterback who had only started a second game overall and people act like it's almost like they're they're going out of their way to make sure you know that notre dame's for real and that they won that game and don't you dare take that away from the irish just because clemson was missing oh i don't know like seven starters on their defense at that on that last drive come on yeah and that's, I don't even understand that though. Like you could leave out literally everyone else too that was hurt. Like you could just say they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and that should be enough in my books to be like- True. Clemson obviously wasn't at full strength without Trevor. Like any other team in the country, any NFL team, Tom Brady's out. Like when he was at the Patriots, like, oh, Tom Brady's not playing. Like, of course that's a huge difference any quarterback that doesn't is a starter and is not playing the whole offensive change which affects the defense as well which just affects the entire game so i don't understand why trevor lawrence being out wasn't made a bigger deal back whatever week it was that they played notre dame so i i think well we're here to make a big deal about it only a month later we're right on time for uh, for this podcast right baby that's right okay uh final question becky what do you have Next question. In or out between the two teams, should Clemson feel more pressure than Notre Dame? All right, this question is a throwback to our, (laughs) this is ridiculous, to our unpublished Notre Dame preview episode that, uh, as I said, was unpublished. So Becky thought she was being smart by asking a question that we had already answered, but jokes on her. (laughs) We uh, did answer the question, but we didn't publish the episode. So uh, I guess this is the first time we're going to be answering this. Uh, I believe that I was on the side that Notre Dame should feel more pressure. And I flipped on that. I think uh, Clemson Clemson should feel more pressure. And the more I'm reading this question, it's also impossible to answer at Clemson or Clemson out. So great job, Becky. (laughs) How do I answer? I'm Clemson that Notre Dame should feel more pressure. How about that? Okay. Um, (laughs) We have the best help around here. Great job, guys. We sure do. Man, maybe you could leave with Trevor while you're at it, Becky, okay? Uh, Yeah, I'm Clemson that Notre Dame should feel more pressure at this. Or, no, no, no. Clemson should feel more pressure. I'm getting confused now. Uh, I think, and we talked about this on Monday during our rant about the committee in the college football playoff. My personal opinion, and I I guess you got to start with the fact that I love Clemson. I love me some Tigers, okay? And I want to see them in the playoff. But if they lose this week to Notre Dame, they should not make the college football playoff. Just simply because I don't want to start this thing. I, I'm not on the on board with the idea that the best four teams, the best four teams make the playoff no matter what happened in the regular season, which is what this is ultimately turning into. 
it's almost like the regular season doesn't mean anything or even the conference championship. But if Clemson has two losses and Alabama wins, even if they lose, they'll only have one loss. If Ohio State wins, they are in, whether you think so or not, whether I think so or not. And then Notre Dame will be in, obviously, because they'll be undefeated. But then at that point, you have to start looking at teams like Cincinnati, who's undefeated, Texas A&M, who has only, you know, if they take care of business this weekend against Tennessee, will only have lost one game. You can't put a two-loss Clemson above those teams. Even if Clemson is the better team, they're not as deserving. And so, uh, I absolutely, the pressure is on Clemson to win this week because I think unless Notre Dame gets blown out by 30 points, Notre Dame's a lock for the college football playoff. And they should probably get in even if they lose by 30, to tell you the truth. So I'm Clemson in that Clemson in should feel more pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm along those lines a decent amount until I ranted uh, on the last question. Um, it kind of just clicked in my mind that honestly, I think Notre Dame should actually have more pressure on them because everyone's talked about after last game how well Notre Dame played and how well they performed and all of this blah 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 bull crap and um, I think there's more pressure actually on Notre Dame to actually live up to that because they were talked about so much it wasn't like they talked about how Notre, how Notre Dame won that game not how Clemson lost it so now it, they have to live up to what they've been talking about and talking about how great Notre Dame is to actually come out and perform and this is their chance to show it with a full strength Clemson team. So I, honestly, I think there might be more pressure on Notre Dame. Again, depending on who, whatever whatever program you're in, I think right now for this game, you have you think you have more pressure on you cuz I think there's an equal amount. There's so a lot honestly, of pressure 50, on 50-50. Cuz uh, you you <laughs> said your point for Clemson and then I just said a, like everyone's speaking about how great Notre Dame is this season, so like this is the time to prove it with a full strength Clemson team. So honestly, there's pressure on both sides. So I'm down the middle. Is there a word for down the middle? Like, since this is a yes or no question that I can Yeah, it's called wussing out, out is, is what it is, but that's fine. So is that another douche or no douche move? Not <laughs> answering Clemson or Clemson out? <laughs> no, I won't I take it that fire. far. But no, I mean, it's right. If Notre Dame loses this game and loses it by any large margin, then I think the narrative ultimately changes again to, oh, Notre Dame can't compete with the big boys still. Even though they won the game in November, it's still going to be, okay, well, Clemson wasn't at full strength, so now yeah. people are all going to flip. Compete. They're all yeah. going to be like, oh, Notre Dame was amazing, but then it's like, well, Clemson wasn't full strength now. It's like, well, that's not what you're talking about their whole rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people are dumb, and the media is dumb. And so we're not the media, by the way. We're we're smart, okay? We know these things. So we like to make fun of them. That's right. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be fun. Um, let's go ahead and give our predictions for this game. All right, so I'll go first. I'm gonna predict that Clemson pulls it out 38 to 27. I think that's enough to get both of the teams in the college football playoff. Uh, I don't think they'll meet again because the way that it's set up, I just don't think that Notre Dame can beat a team like Alabama. Uh, I think they could beat Ohio State. But um, anyways, I think this is the last time that we see these teams play, and I have Clemson 38-27. to 27. Yes, I, I keep wanting to give more points to Clemson with my predictions because I know that they can put up points, and I want, them, I want to see them blow teams out, but I'm going to go against what I've done all season and I'm going to 
call it Clemson to get a win still, but only 35-31. I'd love to see him blow them out, but I just... I don't think blowing out teams that are left that's in Clemson anymore. They're just going to... If they're going to win, they're just going to slide by, I feel like, which is unfortunate. (laughs) Well, they usually... These games are usually close, and I mean, they're playing good teams, so that makes sense. But no, you're right. It'll be it'll be fun. It's time to we we've been through so many blowouts that it's time that we get our fair share of close games. <laughs> I do think though, if it is a shootout, though, Clemson definitely has the advantage, and that's what I'm hoping for. So, you know, we said that during the last game, and look what happened. Yes, but again, we didn't have Trevor Lawrence. So, all right, fair point. I think that's that's the only point you've made in this podcast. You're what like more do you want me to say, man? Everyone, we have Trevor Lawrence. Like we don't have the first round draft pick, like the first overall pick in the draft. Like that should be a bigger deal than when it's made. Like what no, more do you want me to say? I'm not disagreeing with you. Calm down, okay? Chill. <laughs> we we got to close this episode anyway, so don't don't get too feisty with me, okay? We both pick a Clemson win. And you're not uh, gonna we'll, want to record with me if Clemson loses, that's for sure. <laughs> it's just gonna be 30 minutes of us crying on the microphones. <laughs> just, <laughs> but that's not gonna happen, okay? Because what could go wrong? We both predicted Clemson to win, so duh, Clemson's gonna win. And we're both gonna have Fanatics gear on. Lucky gear. Don't forget. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Fanatics. Go check out that gear right now. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to join us again on Monday as we break down the result of this game. An obvious Clemson win, no doubt. And uh, if we're not here on Monday, it's because Clemson lost and we decided to. <laughs> we gave up. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hope they don't lose. And uh, we have faith. So be sure to join us on Monday. Until then, be good out there. Good bamboo. Be all in on the best Clemson podcast around by subscribing on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, it'd be cool if you left us a positive review.